three, four. The common counterpart. Welcome back, commoners, to the common counterpart. I am your beta host, Josh. And I am the one and only Mark. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hey, Mark, are you getting tired of being so in front of the curve? My back hurts. Yeah. From carrying the load of the world. Right. And um, you know when you, when you travel downhill so frequently, you almost forget how to work hard pedaling up the hill, right? But we have been so in front of the curve on so many things. It's, it, it actually kind of freaks me out a little. It doesn't. It, it kind of does. But at the same time, I feel like that means that we are doing exactly what we set out to do, which mm. is to sort of disseminate information through our different lenses of things mm. that are happening in the world today. Are you comfortable with the word profit? As in like we're making a profit because I'd like to start doing that soon. Well, yes, I would like to make a profit. Or the P-R-O-P-H-E-T. Yeah, I can't spell that fast, but I think, I feel Is very, that right? I, I don't know. That actually might not I'm be a, right. I'm a visual learner. Yeah, that might not be right. I just made that up. But I really do feel, because you and I are both excited about issues, I'm not really excited about the world, but I am excited about things happening in the world uh, that... We're pretty well read. We, we, we pay attention to the news, and it just seems like every episode we are reminded how far ahead uh, we are. It's also, I mean, if you look at the this podcast as a whole, it's kind of a downer, <laughs> right? Yes. Have, have people told you that? <laughs> no, but as I'm thinking about the most recent episodes, like there's not a ton of things to, we, we, I mean, we actually made chocolate a bad thing. Okay. We, we, made pir- you, we made pirates about that. Did you not take your happy pills this morning? I'm just thinking about it in general. And I mean, it is, it is a, a podcast about world events and the world kind of sucks sometimes. <laughs> Mike, have we traded places? Maybe we need to like hit, hit some positivity soon. Some, some positivity. Well, I mean, it's the same idea of the news, right? One of the main reasons why people don't watch mainstream news mm-hmm. is because it's depressing. Mm-hmm. And so they just quit, they quit tuning in. The news realize this, mm-hmm. and so now they sprinkle in those feel-good stories. Right. They sprinkle in some puppies to make you feel better. It's always puppies. They're, they're cute. Or somebody— You can't finish with a murder and be like, all right, join us tomorrow. You know what? I did see a couple months ago, maybe a year ago, some, some uh, dairy queen in like Missis- uh, uh, Minnesota, they did, somebody started a whole pay-it-forward thing, and— it went the entire day, and they were getting ready. To, so people were buying. Like the Starbucks thing. The Starbucks thing. keep going. And the, the very last person to the drive through that night didn't want to ruin it. So he dropped like 20, so 30 bucks. For tomorrow? To preload the following day. It's such a social experiment. And by the way, the fact that, he, again, we do nice things for people because we want credit or we know these people. But these people did nice things for people they didn't know. And I don't know if it was positive peer pressure or not, but those moments are so rare uh, that when I saw that, I couldn't, I couldn't fully wrap my head around it. And they're also newsworthy. They are newsworthy. All right. I mean, we'll spend time making a story on that, yeah. which is just, you know, I mean, the idea is really awesome and super mm-hmm. fun. So the, what we're talking about um, is well, we, we were... Hold on. Oh, whoa. I have to give you credit. 
I wish you guys could see his face. He's actually twitching right I now. I don't like doing this um, <laughs> because I know what it does to your head. Um, last week, we were talking about employment and unemployment, mm-hmm. and you were off on a rant. Um, it's, only you had a rant your, it's only a rant if it's not true. You had your tinfoil on, and you were talking about people staying home and preferring to stay home on unemployment mm-hmm. instead of wanting to go to work. Correct. And this is the classic um, small government argument that your people tend to make. I feel like you're trying to cheapen. I'm, I'm not. I'm not trying to belittle it. I'm just well, saying it for what it is. Okay. And I sent you a story yesterday. You did. About a McDonald's franchise. And they aren't the only ones, by the way. Right. So there's not an isolated incident. Now, I'm not saying that this is across the board 1,000% everybody's model, right? That doesn't make any sense. But don't take this from there me, is Mark. a McDonald's that is offering fifty dollars for you to come in and interview for yep. a job. Mm-hmm. There, there is it, even within that there are restaurants that are having to shorten their hours because they cannot get people to want to come in. Mm-hmm. This is such a dramatic shift from a couple years ago, where jobs were so hard to find, where unemployment rates were so low, right? That the power was in the hands. Of the businesses. Well, actually, I felt the power was in the hands of the employee because people needed quality employees so badly that if you felt your minimum wage job wasn't giving you an opportunity to make enough money to grow, you could apply anywhere else. And other businesses saw you as an answer to prayer, and they would hire you. I mean, there there was a reason the previous administration, whether or not you want to give them credit or not— Unemployment across the board, men, women, whites, minorities, rich, poor, everybody was making money. And it wasn't just the top, it was everybody. Um, And now, I mean, present company excluded, uh, the millennials are feeling pretty comfortable at home right now, making their unemployment. And not wanting to work. And, and, And to be honest with you, We've created a system where the government says, we will take care of you. Just sit down and vote the right way. Correct. Now, obviously, the system will not last forever. But they're listening. What happens when it doesn't? Now, what's what's unfortunate is that we've come out of still sort of tail end of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Restaurants are able to open now. This is the most important time. This is the most important time to re-stimulate local businesses mm-hmm. and keep like if, if they're if they're hanging on still which unfortunately a lot of them did not right if they're hanging on still it's by a thread yeah. so they need to make as much money as they can which yes. means they need to be open as long as they can and you you four listeners out there support local businesses so important and we've got a couple international fans don't we we do okay. support american business so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i can't even say it with a straight face don't do that support your own local business they can't be open long enough. These restaurants, right. they have to be open for three hours instead of six because they actually can't fill their servers. Yeah. That's a very crazy idea. Yeah. But I wanted to give you credit for that. I appreciate that. Uh, and, and I uh, will never do it again. Well, get used to it, son. Don't because, bring listen, it up again. As a, as a man old enough to be your illegitimate father, um, there's a lot of wisdom. There is some wisdom. Yes. I will give you that. So I had to clear that up. had to get off my chest. Yes. It's been weighing me down. <laughs> I know. It's tough. It's hard to do. Well, uh, but instead of being in front of the curve, today we decided to go behind it? I guess so, because I, I think being an American my whole life, um, I don't pay attention to too many global news events. 
And there are some events going on in the news that have been happening for a very long time. Uh, and what we're going to discuss today are the farmers' protests in India. Now, what percentage of people do you think are aware that this is taking place? It was kind of a big hitter for a hot minute. Well, and then everybody—this is what I hate about social media, because if you put up an Indian flag in solidarity with the farmers' protest, that's your virtue signaling, you're woke enough, but you don't have any skin in the game. And so people felt, well, I'm supporting the oppressed. So whether or not they were—I ah, think I kind of heard about those Indians over there having some problem with farming— I think that was the extent. I don't think, I think too so. many people I think know. so, too. And, you know, this has been going on for a while. Still going on. Oh, yeah. Um, but it was, this is the also the issue with the news cycle. When it was hot and we had great images mm -hmm. and great video and the prime minister spoke, mm -hmm. we, we had that. And it was a big deal. And then COVID said, hold my vaccine. <laughs> I'm going to take over and run this news cycle for as long as I possibly can. Uh, Hold my vaccine is copyright by the common counterpart. Don't that's steal it. That's facts. Um, but I thought that it, because we had this original conversation that India is a question mark Yeah. on the, on the globe. And what I, what I always try and push forward with my kids is that countries in and of themselves do not have a ranking system of being more important, less important. They are what they are. However, wherever there is a large population pocket, we are forced to care about that. Mm -hmm. That and, and that that's just the reality. I, I would love to say that the tiniest little island is as globally significant and should have the same size chair at the table as mm -hmm. India, but it's just not true. Where well, the people are mm -hmm. is where we should know. Well, and let's remind our our listeners uh, when you organize countries by population. China is the largest country's, I'm sorry, uh, China has the largest population. And, you know, we think it might be 1.5 billion people in China. Uh, the second most populated country is India, with, we think, 1.4 billion people. Those numbers are rough, though, right? Right. I mean, it's so hard for us to do a census in the United States. Well, I'm glad you brought up the United States, because the third most populated country is the United States, with 360 million. Nothing. Nothing. Small potatoes. In fact, I saw there was a protest in India in one place in New Delhi. And probably maybe it wasn't in one place, but they said that over 250 million people protested the government. That's more people protesting than there are adults in America. That's so crazy. And it's hard to wrap our heads around. So I like what you say about we do have to care about where the people are. If we find value in people. Exactly. Well, that's right. Wow, I'm really proud of you today. <laughs> well, you this is something I, I rehearsed a lot. <laughs> now, I teach this as this is a huge concept because we love ranking systems. We mm -hmm. love putting countries in order. And the fact that we don't know no more really shows us how our education system is set up. Mm -hmm. You don't spend a lot of time learning about the history of India. No. Or present-day India. We spend our time where, play, where things are nice, right? Again, that news cycle, that positive mm -hmm. news cycle. We love Europe. Europe is really not very big. And it's, it's not really that important. Careful. <laughs> well, I mean, there's a lot of tourism over there. Well, yeah, but again, and we're told that we're supposed to care. But is it more important than India? It's not. So based on what we're talking about, it's not. Yeah. India, China is the... Southeast Asia is the most important area of the world. In fact, there was a book written a couple years ago about the making of the modern civilization. Um, and I think I let you borrow the book. 
2019. Yeah, I still got it. So when you get a chance to read it, uh, it's uh, on my list. You will be illuminated be- because China and India were world powers before we cared about world powers. And the two things I respected as I perceived this book on history, China and India had no desire to be a world power outside their borders. They did what they did on their continent, and they did it really well. And then once the pasty white people from England showed up and said, wow, you guys got really cool stuff, then India and China had to deal with the whole import-export and and uh, uh, war. Yeah, it would have been super interesting, right? Going back to um, you know Adam's question, what would you change about the world? Such a good one. If 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 we did, if we could remove colonialism, do we remove colonialism if we remove England? Or Most. Who else? But the French and the and the Spaniards don't. Africa really gets tore up with colonialism. Yeah, um, and but parts you, of Eastern but, South America. Yeah, yeah. but if, if, if you really look at the, the heaviest hitter, right, mm-hmm. it's, it's England in terms of lasting, right? Not necessarily in terms of the amount of colonies, and but they, they're a pasty white island. They lasted the longest. Yeah, yeah. If, if we remove that. Now, India and China, it's, it's unfortunate that the other countries down there really kind of don't get any love. Right. Because... Because there's large populations there too. Mm-hmm. Like no one's talking about Bangladesh. I thought Bangladesh was in India. Bangladesh is next to India. When did that happen? Like, that, did that happen during COVID? Yesterday. Okay. When when did the no, Ottoman Empire? <laughs> this is not Jeopardy. <laughs> when we think about all the countries in Southeast Asia, that area, if you're looking at population, is so significant. Yes. And that's why we should care. Mm-hmm. When we think about the protest that's taking place in India, now, in order to get this right, India is very misunderstood. India also has a little bit of kind of what I would consider to be um, Africanism. In, I can't wait to hear you explain this. In, in the way in which they are portrayed. Okay. If you said, close your eyes and think of India, everybody goes Slumdog Millionaire. I've never seen it. Really? Oh, that's good. Okay. But Like top five? No. Okay. Um, but it, 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 it's, think of it as like the um, stereotypical, right? Like That's th- why like I didn't that's watch what, the movie, yeah. So it's, it's slums. Okay. It's unfair. Right. India is extremely impressive with a super rich history and a very vibrant culture. Right. And they are oftentimes reduced to this idea of overcrowded slums. Which, Very much like the favelas of Brazil. Everyone thinks that all the every every area in Brazil looks like the favelas. What would, remind me of that quote? I think it's in your room. A quote about uh, stereotypes. The problem with stereotypes. Oh, the problem with stereotypes is that. I'll pull it up. Okay, right now it's super. Yeah, good. We, we don't want to butcher it. Um, and again, I, I do believe. Uh, for humans to understand the complexity and the diversity of all humanity, we really do have to put people in boxes. I mean, I remember I went to Colorado years ago in high school, and um, I met people from all over the country, and they all thought California was just a beach and that everybody who lives in California got to hang out with um, Madonna and Woody Harrelson and, you know, uh, everybody got to go to Lakers games. Yeah, it's not fair. Right. To everyone else who's actually on the ground, which in this case would be the farmers. Mm-hmm. That quote is, um, the problem with stereotypes is not that they are untrue, but that they are incomplete. That is so money. So good. And yeah. 
when you think about India, that's what you think about. And you're like, wait a minute, how are there so many people that are protesting? There are so many farmers. It's an ag country. Well, and this is back to some language. This is a developing, um, do we call it pre-industrial? Is it, in, is it transitional? It's transitional right okay. now. So in, in a, in a four-part step, they're on step two. Moving into step three. Moving into step three. Really trying to get to step three, which is industrialization. And here you've got a continent, right, where you've got the richest, some of the just wealthiest people in the world who can live miles away from some of the poorest people in the world, right? Yeah. And they are tied to each other through food, through culture, through religion, through geography. I mean, the, the Ganga, <laughs> the Ganges, you, unifies a large portion of the, of the Indian people. It does. And what they have built in and why these farmers are so significant is you do have a lot of mouths to feed. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't make sense for them to not produce their own food. Of course. It's, and it's cheaper. It's right there. Yeah. It creates and, an and, economy. And we have to have people that work. Mm -hmm. We have to have jobs. So what's interesting about India is there, there tends to be this idea that as you industrialize, you need less farmers because the farmers get better at their job. Mm -hmm. The people do not have to farm now. They get to farm while others get to do other things. Mm -hmm. The problem with that model here in India is that that's a lot of population. Mm -hmm. And a large percentage, not long ago, 50% of the population of India was involved in the ag industry. 50% of a billion plus yeah. is crazy. So you're looking at half a billion people who rely on this industry. Right. And who have been working underneath a specific system, and this is why the protests begin to take place. So, and this is where I, I, I focused my research more on sort of the science, and you probably went more... More the people and the politics. Okay, so yeah. to, to inform the, the, the listeners, what, what, how far back in India's history do we have to go to understand what's, what's happening? Really post-England. Um, post okay. So as, as they become independent... As we begin to develop, let's start in like the 1960s. We, re okay. we, we, we really start understanding agriculture a little bit better, which right. you start getting to the Green Revolution. Oh, I love right? it when that's you talk your, like that. I know. That's your, those, that's your thing. So as we begin, we understand what a free market does, and we are big fans of the free market in the United States. Most of the time. Yeah, we think that it, it basically um, governs itself. Mm-hmm. In this case, when you're talking about such a large population and so many different pieces of pie that have to get handed out, it does help to have a little bit of regulation. Mm -hmm. There has to be rules to the game. Right. When there's rules to the game and everybody understands those rules and everybody plays by those rules, life is good. Mm -hmm. In any system, I would argue. Even, I agree with you. E even, even in capitalism, mm -hmm. a free market society. Now, once the rules begin to change, once people begin to not play by the rules, this is where things get a little bit dicey. So early on, the government was involved, and we have a little bit of this too, where we have um, market set prices, mm -hmm. sort of like the bottom level of like, hey, this is how much wheat is worth. This is how much we're going to pay for this. Is that similar to rent control? Kind of. Okay. And, and sort of similar to some of the subsidies that we have here mm -hmm. in the United oh, don't, States. Don't even get me started on subsidies. Yeah. Now... Everybody was playing by these rules. People were getting fair market prices and things were good. On the, from the science perspective, what were we dealing with in terms of these farms? So, uh, and again, 100% fact, there is, I, I left my sombrero at home. 
So no, no, no tinfoil hat here. Um, about a hundred years ago, uh, after the mechanical industrial revolution, we had a chemical industrial revolution where we had people trying to build um, better food. Uh, I think a lot of our listeners have heard of saccharin, which was the first artificial sweetener. And as people were becoming uh, more proficient in chemical engineering, the first thing they started out with was, let's make a chemical and see what it does. Um, and uh, so we started making certain chemicals that we could use as pesticides. Um, now, it wasn't until after World, well, right after World War I, and here's a great little story, so give me five minutes to completely geek out One on minute. history and science. Um, Germany got their, their tails kicked in, in World War I, and they had lost their standing in the world, they had lost a ton of money, and they needed a way to make some money back. And a bunch of scientists, because there were, Germany has always been known for great science and engineering, a bunch of people got together and they made a calculation that... Currently, 1920-something, 1930-something, there is only enough manure currently on the planet to fertilize approximately food for 4 billion people. And about 1920, 1930, uh, the globe was hitting about 4 billion people. And the, the Germans saw an opportunity. How can we make fake fertilizer? And so a, a Jewish German prior to... Uh, uh, Hitler's Nazi Germany was a part of that. His name is Fritz Haber, and if you ever look at Fritz Haber, he is the quintessential evil scientist. He is what um, um, Austin Powers, uh, what's that guy's Dr. Evil? Dr. Evil is the, is the modeled after his, <laughs> this guy's face. And so Fritz Haber came up with a process, it's called the, the uh, Haber-Bosch process, and if you've ever heard of Bosch, Bosch is a huge chemical uh, company even today even today now you don't hear Haber's name and it's kind of sad because uh, Haber uh, renounced his Jewish faith he became a Nazi Christian to get into the good graces with Nazi Germany uh, and eventually uh, died broke and penniless Wow uh, but he also won the Nobel Prize because not only did he invent artificial fertilizer which we can make real easy uh, he also invented other chemicals that were used to gas the Jews um, and so not only did he create a chemical that would now allow 4 billion people to live beyond the Earth's carrying capacity, he also devised chemicals that were used to kill people. And so after the war, uh, uh, a lot of the uh, mechanics, the, the, the tanks, the trucks, the chemicals, these people didn't want to give up making money. And so the war machine, the war effort, transitioned into farming. It transitioned into the, the same sort of tactics used to kill people are now being used to kill insects, are now being used to kill plants. The same sort of big machinery that was used to wage war is now being used to farm on an industrial level. And so from the industrial revolution, to the green revolution, which is where we use better farming practices, more genetically modified foods. We changed how we irrigated the crops. We used artificial fertilizers and artificial pesticides, and we used big machines. And so when you really go back and look at what's happening here is India was behind that curve, obviously. They were a developing nation, but with 1.4 billion people to feed, you've got to get on the new farming 
game. And so uh, to, to do that, more and more farmers who were probably kind of ignorant, I'm not, I'm not saying they were stupid, but they probably weren't fully informed as to what the effect of fertilizers and pesticides and high-priced seeds were going to do to their land and to their economy. And so fast forward to about 2015, I think is when this started, um, the, the ground is being poisoned because of the fertilizers and the pesticides. The ground, the soil is losing its ability to nurture these high density crops because instead of growing, a, listen, when we think of farms, we think of Farmer Joe out there with some corn and some tomatoes and a cow and a goat. And we think of what we refer to as polyculture, multiple organisms living on a farm. Most farming today is considered monoculture. You grow one crop. It's just more efficient. It's more efficient. You make a lot more money. And you, you get better at it. You do, but the soil Doesn't dies. Like it. Yeah. And it really does go back to the soil. And so um, these families, these poor families, are getting stuck in high loans, buying expensive seeds, buying expensive chemicals. They're locked into contracts, and they just get further and further into debt. Um, and they're poisoning their land and they're poisoning their bodies with these chemicals. Well, and that's what I saw too, is that what was a country that was full of multiple crops, mm -hmm. we're not creating these things from multiple crops. The right. money is in the big three, yeah. right? So what we're doing is, is going more so mainstream. Mm -hmm. And so that's great. If you used to farm millet, mm -hmm. like we're out on millet. Everybody needs to go this way now. The seeds are cheaper. We've gotten a lot better at these types of farming techniques. And it's one thing that's really been driving small farmers out is mm -hmm. this sort of full force towards mainstream monocropping mono right. that's going to pr produce the most money. And what big corporations see there is just dollar signs. See, I was, I'm glad you said that because that was something that came up on everything I read. The industrial farming complex is not about feeding people anymore. It's about producing a profit. Always. And that drastic, when you, when you change that mentality in your brain, it changes how you look at food. It's not a, it's, it's not a humanitarian effort. No, but they, I, I think that we think it they is. They market it that way. They do. And they, and they also try and paint that picture with farmers. Mm -hmm. Listen, farmers are just trying to feed America. And, they're, they're, and yeah, I mean, that's the byproduct. They're yeah. also trying to keep their own family alive. Well, and do you want to have a beer with an accountant who makes a quarter of a million dollars because he works for a big corporation, or you want to have a beer with a farmer? Yeah, I mean... You, the, I'm again, hanging out with the farmer. Again, these are all social constructs yeah. that are painted. And yeah, it's true. Like, I'm sure they value their work the same mm -hmm. way that most people... The same way the accountant values his. Right. It, but the way that it's portrayed does not leave room for the little guy any, and, anymore. And that's what and I And that's know. what we're protesting. And so when in America, when we talk about farmers, most of the people who farm, it's, it's a big money thing. They're insured... They're looking at big equipment. We're looking at multi-generational sort of things. You've got a lot of uh, multinational farming conglomerates that, that buy your land. In India, you're looking at most of these farmers are farming on five acres, and most of them are farming by hand. So it's, it's, it's mom, it's dad, it's children, it's aunts and uncles. I mean, I've even, I got a friend of mine at church who, who, who talks to me a little bit about this, and you, you've got 80-year-old grandfathers. Oh, yeah. There's there. no retiring. No, you can't. And these people are spraying fertilizer on their crops, and the wind is blowing it right into them. It's blowing right into their houses. They're spraying pesticides. 
Um, and so these these people are in it. And if you're if you're not doing that because you believe in the old methods, mm-hmm. you're gonna lose. Right. Because no one cares. And someone's and someone's just gonna gobble up your land. Yeah. Um, now I, I was having a hard time. Are you even are we are we familiar with these laws the. The, the deregulation that's going on in India? Yeah, so th- there were basically, and I'm not an expert on them, but there were three bills that were passed okay. that they wanted to pass, and this is the reason why they protested. Okay. And what essentially they're doing is the same thing that happened here. Now, here's where I get a little bit hung up because what I see happening makes sense. In India? You're saying, yeah? Yeah. Okay. But it, it, it has to produce a loser. But okay. isn't that the way the world works? as we watch these countries develop, I mean, we teach development. Mm-hmm. And as I'm watching these countries that are in state, that are sort of stage two moving towards industrialization, I'm like, hey, I can tell you what's gonna happen right now. Yeah, This person's gonna die. This person's gonna lose their job. This is gonna get completely wiped out. But what's gonna come is we have the end. We have the mm-hmm. end of the book. The problem is the middle is messy. Hey, guess what? Pollution's gonna get worse before it gets better. And it's gonna happen on the media. I mean, right, the, it's different. Yeah, it's I just mean, different. The, but what, what I'm... How can I, I, I feel for these farmers. Mm-hmm. I really do. But this is what I would consider to be a necessary step for progress. And sometimes necessary steps for progress are not fun. So, you know, when you consider, when you look at America, I mean, I think the, 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 the founding the, of America would look very different if starting way back in the 1600s, uh, it was on social media. Right, I mean, when you look at at, at European or Europeans coming over and posting their first Thanksgiving or westward expansion or the Dust Bowl or what's the uh, Trail of Tears? No, the, the, what's the book about child uh, child labor? The Jungle. Upton Sinclair's. Upton Sinclair's. Thank you. Yeah. Can you imagine if Upton Sinclair's experiences were on social media? Right. I mean, look what it did with just the newspaper. Right. It was a huge deal, and these it's, images that get published. It is different, and we're sort of seeing this. Now, the problem that people are having, and, and you would consider this to be those those woke left mm-hmm. who, who have an issue. You don't consider them the woke left? I, I mean, I, you can call them whatever you want. I, they have a major issue, and they say that, wait a minute, Columbus maybe wasn't the best guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Guess what? I, None of us are the best guy. But what we're what we're getting this new history exposed to us, and I, I guess maybe the issue that I have as a historian is that people are surprised by this. Like, mm-hmm. I, like I know how the story unfolds, mm-hmm. and and not because I'm some super intelligent person, but you it's, are. Thank you. Yeah. But it's because I've seen it before. Sure. So when when India is protesting this, because what they are doing now is they are saying that people can now make deals outside of this government regulated market. Mm-hmm. The small farmers are like, wait, that was our safety net. Right. What's going to happen now is big corporation is going to start coming to these farmers individually and making their own deals. And do we anticipate these are going to be Indian corporations? That I don't know, and I'm not. Sh- I would. I would imagine they're global at this point. There we go. And so I hear that, and I'm like, yeah, okay. So like that makes sense. So now we're looking at almost a financial uh, uh, colonizing. Of it is. India. I mean, but, but isn't that what happened to every? Well, area except us, because we're the ones that are doing it. (laughs) But wasn't England doing it to us when we were here? Right, putting these crazy tax laws, making us pay back all of these loans and do all these things. Like, yeah, it's what happens. And this is where, again, we are talking about India, but this is where I think the woke left needs to put on their big boy. I'm sorry, big 
person pants. Uh, I don't want to offend sure. or mispronoun. Uh, but this is where these folks really do need to consider their freedoms and luxuries as an American citizen, or at least a citizen of the West, is propagated because places like Africa and India, and to some extent Russia and China, are being taken advantage of by big, multi-billion international business government complexes. And the small guy in India is simply saying, but you're gonna squash us. And what I heard you say a moment ago was, you know, it doesn't matter who's reading you the story. The story has the same beginning, the same middle, and the same end. India is going to have to move into a modern country and moving 1.4 billion people with a rich, diverse, and complicated past culture, religion, is not going to be an e it's not an easy ship to, to to turn around. No, and the small farmer is going to lose, and the small farmer in two generations is not going to be a farmer anymore. And what the exact same way that it happened here in the United States, exactly the exact same way that it happens in all of these areas. Now, what do they do? You should be using the prior examples to set yourself up for success. There we go. You know that education is going to be important. You know that getting foreign investment for industrialization is going to be important. Women's rights and Women's, minority rights. Yeah, absolutely necessary. Right. Like if you're making those mistakes still, then that's on you. 2021, man. Right. You've seen the story play out all over the world. And I, I don't want to sound insensitive to these people who are protesting because it is their it's their livelihood. It's mm -hmm. their entire life. Everything that they have ever known is now being taken away from them because some farmer from someone who has no interest in India mm -hmm. is going to now be buying their seed for less price because it's, again, about supply and demand. But mm -hmm. these are economic principles. I'm not talking about humanitarian principles. Right. There is going to be a shift that takes place. What I love is the solidarity amongst the farmers. Gangsters. It is... This is not, and this is where I think that the United States can really learn something. There, there are things, we often feel like we're looking down from our tower at these other countries, like I can't wait till they figure it out. I look at what they're doing in this protest and I'm like, we are so soft. Americans? Yes. Oh, it's totally. like we're going to protest from 12, 12 to 2 and only if the sun's not out because right. that's a lot of, I don't want to ruin my skin. But then Starbucks jacked up my latte. Now I'm upset. I'm going to wait in line for 30 more minutes. What I was reading about these people that were protesting is they came with trucks, they came with tractors, and they are blocking the six major highways that go in and out of the capital. Is that New Delhi? Yeah. Like I, I can't wrap my head around so, New Delhi. What I love is that they brought four to six months of rations with, I didn't see. with, with them. Like, they didn't come with empty tractors. That's amazing. They said, we're here uh -huh. until you stop. Uh-huh. And it's just such a different idea of, like, we will actually bleed, die, struggle mm -hmm. for this. We're not staying at the Best Western across the street. We're right. staying on the ground outside, and we'll be on this freeway for six months. Well, so fix it right, or s suffer the consequences. I saw a video. So, again, I can't – we've seen protests in America, and it's, it's, very, it's, it's very much look at me. I'm protesting something. Here, these folks, it's, it's life and death. And so these guys are sleeping in their cars. They're sleeping under buses. They're living a very communal life. But – they were being, um, the protesters were being harassed by, I don't know if it was We had water cannons, we had tear gas. Yeah. Did you see the guys, they were taking the 55 gallon drums 
and they were trying to capture the water from the water cannon so that they could use it later for drinking or bathing. I love that. <laughs> it's like, hey, replenish our supply, please. We prefer the water cannons <laughs> to the tear gas. If you could just keep those coming. It's, it's crazy. Now, what we're coming up against is COVID. Mm-hmm. And it's really unfortunate that these two events are tied together because one, it takes a lot of the steam out of what the protesters are trying to mm-hmm. do. And when you have 250 million people on the freeways not letting people through, it is going to be impactful. Yeah, and I really hope that they do make some progress for what they want. I think uh, CNN called it the super duper spreader. Mm. You, you put, I mean, and these are people coming from different parts of the, of the country. Yeah, multiple states in India. So I, and I've got, I've got friends who I know who they've got family back in India and everybody is floored. And I, I just kind of assume that maybe the folks li- living in developing countries would have a, a stronger immune system. I mean, they're, they're in contact with more, more elements. Part of it's just a numbers game, though. That's true. I mean, you were talking about areas of the world that are so populated, we can't even comprehend it. Mm-mm. Like, we think LA is crowded. It like, is. That's cute. I hate it's, LA. It's not. Yeah. It's, it's small, <laughs> small city. Right. In, in world terms, when we look at at the density, right, mm-hmm. they're so close together. Now, obviously, this is a major issue when you have these outdoor protests, 250 million people. Right. We can't even get 10 people in line at Starbucks mm-hmm. together unless you're six feet apart. So it, it, it doesn't work really well with what's taking place right now. But I do applaud the efforts and I applaud the organization and I applaud the really nonviolent, mm-hmm. you know, aspect of what they're trying to do like mm-hmm. that is commendable and i don't know what i would do i don't but i do know that uh although i'm not a a, a i didn't get my degree in history i'm a, I'm a student of history and um who was that guy there was a guy um i forget his name it's a, it's a really exotic name but he was in india and he didn't like what england was doing and he, he didn't eat food for gandhi 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 and uh when when are people going to realize that when the rich and powerful removed from their, their decisions harass uh, the small people, when, the, when, when, when the, the powerful, quiet majority finally wake up and say, you know what, we're tired of being abused and taken advantage of and we're going to stand up, there is no government, there is no military who can stand against two, the people. 250 million people who are literally, and I hate using the word literally, but we are saying literally fighting for their livelihood. And who just want to be heard, mm-hmm. who, who want a seat at the table to think about what's happening here. And to be fair, India does have a decision to make in what they're trying to do. And they, they have a different issue. It's not, it's not to say, hey, you guys should do exactly what the United States did. Mm-hmm. That their population pattern is not the same. Right. It, it's, it's unfair for us to assume the struggles that they're dealing with. Yeah. Now, this is still taking place. I'm, I'm very interested to see what happens and who's going to kind of give first. Like I said, four to six months of rations, like they're, they're good. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's, it's, it takes a toll on a person. And by the way, if these people stop, and we haven't even talked about the, the, the deaths attributed to these farmers. Which and, there's a lot. Suicide yeah. rate is the highest it's yeah. ever been. And have you 20,000 people. And some of these people are choosing to drink the pesticides that they have to buy so that they can grow this wheat or rice or soybean monoculture. So how gangster is this? And I, I again, I've never, I've never had to deal with this, but you've got a, a, a person who is so down that they're thinking the the last thing I can do as a political and social protest is I'm going to drink the poison you guys tell me I have to put on our food 
And we're still not getting enough coverage of it. No. Because it's not what people want to see right now. Do you think if Snapchat made a Indian farmer filter, do you think more people would care? For five minutes uh-huh. until a new one came out. Maybe Bollywood needs to get on the whole TikTok thing. And just release from there. Just just angry, happy dancers. And open it up. I, 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 I hope the listeners understand that I'm being somewhat sarcastic. A lot of bit sarcastic. Okay, good. That's what came through. I think so. My wife says I, I, I lack that, that talent No, sometimes. I think so. Well, dude, that's all we can talk about. Dude, there's so much more. Hey, why don't you guys hit us up? We, we, we feel like there's so much going on in the world, and it does lean towards sad, dark. But if, if there's something out there that you'd, you'd like for us to, to address or you got some questions for us, please hit us up um, because the world is full of good people and good things happen. Um, it just seems that the, the stuff that we hear about and read about are kind of stinky. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Yeah, hit us up at the Common Counterpart on Instagram. Um, love getting DMs from fans, letting What's us know. <laughs> direct message. I thought that was a game. No, that's uh, a DS, Nintendo DS. No, dra- Dragon, uh, Dungeons & Dragons. That's D&D. Do you play D&D? I did not. Okay. All right. Hey. Well, before we head off the rails, hit them with some wisdom of the week got it and back to why are things so messed up uh i've got a a poster in my in my classroom gandhi's seven dangers to human virtue or sometimes referred to as gandhi's deadly social seven deadly social sins so listen to his seven uh uh, comments his warnings warnings amen to that wealth without work pleasure without conscience knowledge without character, business without ethics, science without humanity, religion without sacrifice, politics without principles. So good. Uh, Speechless. So much good stuff in there. So much wisdom. And I think when we look at these world problems, I think a lot of times you you could identify that the majority of these principles are lacking where we see these global problems. It should be the lens that we look through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm excited to post that one on our social media. Me too. Uh, guys, if you have not yet done so, please subscribe to our podcast on Apple and Spotify. Um, we're here every week throwing these things out to you. We appreciate all the love and support. Give us some ratings, reviews, share us on social media. We'll for sure repost you on that. And again, we are on Instagram at The Common Counterpart. Josh. Love you, man. I love you too, man. This is exciting stuff. I like I like talking with you about this. It's good. We'll see you guys next week. See you.